Welcome everyone, I'm Joel Van Hoogen, and this is the Bread of Life. This radio ministry is sponsored by Church Partnership Evangelism and its local missions fellowship, the Bread of Life Church in Boise, Idaho. If you're looking for a place to give to that is taking the gospel in direct and personal evangelism throughout the world, I'd have you consider Church Partnership Evangelism. On a daily basis, we're working with pastors in Asia, Africa, and South America, equipping them and directing them into the engagement of the gospel with lost people. God is blessing, and the church in these places is growing. You can learn more by going to traincpe.org or breadoflifeboise.org. We're making observations from our reading of Romans chapter 6 through 11, observations about how Paul understands the human being. Here's what we've come up with so far. First, Paul, under the direction of the Holy Spirit, sees us primarily as spiritual beings. We are not bodies with spirits, we're spirits with bodies. Second, as a result, Paul sees that our basic need is spiritual. In essence, we are fallen spirits needing to be made new. Third, as spiritual beings, we were made for communion with spirit. And fourth, as a result, you're either communing with the Spirit of God or you are in communion with the spirit and spirits of this age and this world. We are either spiritually connected to a worldly mind or we receive in spiritual relationship with God through Jesus Christ, the mind of Christ. Do you have the mind of Christ? If you've been born again and you're a Christian, you do. I do. I have the mind of Christ. I have the spirit of the living God living in me, communing with my regenerate spirit, a spirit that has been made righteous in the righteousness of my Lord Jesus Christ. So here's a fifth observation for you. The Holy Spirit lives within us in our new hearts or the construction or in communion with a new spirit that has been made holy and made pure for meeting and communing with Him. The Bible says of God that He is a pure eyes and the look upon sin, that He dwells in the unapproachable light of His own holiness, and yet it also said He dwells in the humble and contrite heart of the transformed believer and this is how pure we are in spirit with Christ. If you've been born again, you have a direct relationship with the Spirit of the Holy God. He dwells in you and He communes with you. You have this intimate relationship with Him. Paul puts it this way. I think this is wonderful. This is how pure the heart and regenerate spirit of a born-again person is. The Bible says of the believer that to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. You'll find that in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 8. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And here's the inference. There is nothing keeping you who have been born again from direct communion with the Spirit of the living God. Once you leave this earthly temple, there's no intermediate course you have to go through. There's no further refining that has to take place. There's no need for some kind of spiritual adjustment. You have been and you are ready for immediate contact with God in His glorious presence. Not your body, not your body. Your body is going to be buried a corruptible body and raised an incorruptible body, but your spirit's incorruptible now because you've received the Spirit of the living God. He's made you a new creation where you abide with Him and know Him and walk with Him and your spirit is in Christ and it's communion with Christ and you're living in Christ and you're receiving the Spirit of God and the Spirit of Jesus Christ and you are perfectly ready for the glory that is coming one day in heaven. Here's another passage to consider along this line. Romans 8.30 puts it this way. Paul writes this in Romans 8.30. 
speaking of the progress of your salvation. It says, moreover, whom he predestined, he also called. Whom he called, he also justified. Whom he justified, these he also glorified. You see that? Let me read it to you again. Moreover, whom he predestined, he also called. Whom he called, he also justified, made righteous, declared righteous. And whom he justified, these he also glorified. Here, the Christian's glorification is not put into the future, it's put into the past. Look at your bodies, it doesn't appear that way. It doesn't look like that's the case yet, it isn't. He hasn't glorified your bodies, and so God is not speaking here of your bodies. He's looking at the spirit of the new man that he's created you in. And he's saying, I predestined that man to be mine. I called that man to be mine. I justified that man and made that man righteous. And I glorified him. God has created in you a glorified spirit even now. So you might walk with him, know him, and be with him. And he might be in you. And you might have this intimate relationship of spirit to spirit now. The world doesn't have it. Because God has done this for you, you have received the Spirit of God, not the Spirit of the world. This is significant and this is important. I'm going to make a quick transition here and I'm just going to set this up. We'll have to talk about this next week. But the question is, how come it doesn't always feel like that? This sounds like a person who's standing in front of the mirror making affirmations that's actually not reflected in what they're looking at in the mirror. You know, <laughs> The fact is, I struggle with doubt. I struggle with impatience. I struggle in my moments of weakness with resentment or bitterness or sin or temptations. How can it be said that I have this glorified spirit and I have this deep intimate relationship with God when I see that I still do things that are wrong and I disappoint myself and my behavior doesn't always rise to the occasion. And Well, here's the sixth observation. Temptation and sin don't reside in your spirit. Residing your bodies. God has dealt with the old man and he's put the old man to death. Verse 6 says this, knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him. That's happened. That the body of sin may be done away with. And the word there might be the body of sin may be nullified. The body of sin is still active. Something still has to happen to the body of sin. It's carrying within it the contagion and the disease and the struggles and the temptations. And as a result, it's all right to understand that there are outward influences that can swage the body in one direction or the other direction. So you have to deal with what is the outward environment of your life and what you're nurturing yourself with. And as a result, it means that there are temperamental things that you have roiling within your own DNA that can catch up with you and get the best of you. And you can exhibit patterns of behavior that you genetically inherited positively from your parents and negatively from your parents. And that's within you as well and pressure with you and that's taking place so you don't ignore those things. They're there. That's in you. That's got to be dealt with and addressed. The old sinful self that was so wed to sin and united with sin and so communing with the spirit of the age is done away with. He's gone. And you've received this new spirit that is wonderfully, wonderfully united to Christ and communing with Christ and is a new creature in Christ and enjoys fellowship with Christ, but it still resides in a fallen body, susceptible to the contagion and roiling of sin. That's why you still struggle with sin. But now let me give you, at the end of it, and I've just covered a lot of ground that we'll have to cover next week. 
But let me make one application to you. It's this. Allow me one application of everything they said. Yes, your body has a role in your issues. Yes, the nature and the external influences on your body are important. You need to make sure, for example, that you're around and with the right kinds of people. And yes, the physical element of your body is going to have you. It's a good idea to get good rest. Don't do what I did in the last 10 days and pull three all-nighters over a course of 10 days. It's not good for you. It wears you down. You might find yourself becoming grumpy and things like that. So this is a reality, but let me just say this. When addressing the expressions of sin in your body, don't start there. Start with something more foundational and essential to yourself. Start with a spirit who is in relationship with the spirit of the Holy God. Elevate your life and your understanding of your life to this great truth and begin to address the physical and material forces in your life that might press you into sin and to compromise. Address them first by identifying yourself and knowing yourself as a spirit in communion with the Spirit of God, if you are, if you are in relationship with it. Start there. If you do, what will happen is you'll start from the high point of life You'll start from the high ground of this life in Christ and there you'll come down upon the issues of your body and the struggles you have with your body and you'll command them from the authority and the benefit of that life you have in Christ. If you try to just try to muster your resources to arrange your life and the challenges you face by your own effort and self-effort, you just begin with flesh and you'll end with flesh. And you'll struggle in the flesh all your life. Start here. Start in the life of the Spirit. But let me just indicate one of the areas where our flesh is revealed more places than other places. In marriage, right? We get married and the wife demonstrates or is very good at pointing out when you're in the flesh, right? And of course, then you start developing a skill to try to identify when she's in the flesh. You've got to counter this. And anyhow, you live in the flesh and what the Bible says in Scripture is in Ephesians chapter 5, it commands that the wife is to submit herself to the husband. And the husband is to love the wife. In fact, prior to that, it, it says that the husband is it says submitting to one another in love. There is this mutual submission. Hard to do when you're living in the flesh. A struggle to somehow live and cause your body to bow and surrender to the other person to yield your will and your attitudes and your behavior to the benefit of the other person. But that's what we're commanded to do. But you know what it says before it says submitting yourself to one another in love? Before it says wives submit to your husbands and husbands love your wives? It says don't be drunk with wine which is excess, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. Why? Because it's in the fullness of the Spirit that you come down upon the regulation of your flesh to direct your life and how you should live. And that's what God plans. The Christian life is to be lived out of the full communion we have as spiritual beings above everything else. Living in communion with the Spirit of God. Bowing before and knowing the outpouring of His life. Influencing, guiding, directing, imbibing all of Himself to ourselves. And in the Spirit, living in that fullness and communion with Him, then we come down upon these exercises where we learn to bow our bodies to one another in submission. It's not so hard then. It can be done then. It's actually then how it's lived. So, if 
you're going to live your life, if you're going to deal with the challenges before you in the flesh, start in the Spirit. Start with what you are essentially and build upon that foundation. The other application very quickly is don't waste your essential self by living in the impulses of your flesh. Step into the higher life of communing with God, with Christ, with the Holy Spirit. Praying without ceasing is not some drudging command. It's an invitation to a wonderful privilege and duty. Always in the Spirit, communing with Him. Let's do that more and more. Well, let's bow our heads and let's pray. Lord, may the ending of the message not be too abrupt. May it just come before a door that's swung open. An invitation that we might see before us to not live encased in our bodies. Not live somehow seeking the remedies of the flesh. But even now, to live in the reality of the truth that through Jesus Christ, we're seated in heavenly places. That we're communing with Him and that He's in us and we're in Him. Oh God, to believe and know that I'm right with you. I've got a new man. I'm in communion with the living God. He loves me and claims me as His own. I cannot be nearer to Him in spirit than I am now through Jesus Christ. Thanks for joining us today at the Bread of Life. We'd love to hear from you. Go to breadoflifeboise.org and follow the links to send us a message of encouragement or a prayer request. Until the next time, may the Lord bless you.